Hi guys, a very warm welcome. You're listening to the FIFA Play On podcast with me, Liam Payne. The podcast where I get the chance to chat with some of the most exciting football players in the world, inviting these amazing players to share a playlist of songs that best soundtrack their incredible stories. Along the way, we'll discuss everything from the tracks they've chosen and the stories they represent to family, love, life, and of course, football. And if that wasn't exciting enough, we'll also be joined by some very special guests, some of the biggest names in music and football culture, to give their takes on the topics that we cover. If you want to check out any of the tracks we discuss, you can listen to all of our player playlists through the link in the description below. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's time to play on. And with me, as always, again for this episode, is the wonderful, most Mr. Positive, the yin to my yang, JD Dyer. Man, it's always good to hear your voice, Liam, you know that. You actually bring a smile to my face. Just you just make me energy. more positive in general, otherwise I'm just a salty person. <laughs> How have you been this week, man? Um, as always, very salty about things. No, I've been good. I've had, I've had a nice week. I mean, uh, you know, it's very up and down during this time, isn't it, at the moment? And trying to get used to the new functions of life. Because I feel like life just wants to throw you a different lemon every day. And you just have to take it. You know, and that's 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 been my situation. Once again, I think the routine's way out of sync. I think that's a good thing, though, at the same time, because it's allowing you to think and think, do I want to create a new routine? Do I want to use structure? So you've made everything positive again. Liam, you know how my mind works. Yeah, we only think about the things that's good. I just, I'm, I'm yet to hear you moan. By the end of these podcasts, I'll have got some sort of gripe out of you, I'm sure of it. Wait, wait for the lack of sleep. The early morning ones, wait for the lack of sleep. That's my griping time, man. Oh, that's what I need to do. I need to wake you yeah. up. So I should have come around your yeah. house. Yeah, there we go. But look, we've got some very special guests today, Liam, because that word that we throw around all the time about special or legend, they get used all of the time. But today, genuinely, mm. we have a genuine legend of the game. Now, listen to this. A two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time FIFA World Cup winner, a two-time FIFA player of the year. She made over 290 appearances for her national team, the USA. And in 2015, she became the first player to score a hat-trick in the FIFA Women's World Cup final. I could list all of her achievements, but today I just have the pleasure of actually chopping up and talking to her on the podcast. So a big welcome to FIFA Play On, Carly Lloyd. How are you guys? Good to be here. Listen, absolute <laughs> pleasure. Carly Lloyd, I mean, what an introduction again. I mean, you say it so well as well, JD. I love you for that. But do you do everything in twos? Everything great is done in twos for you, right? It, it appears to be. there as well, sometimes threes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever I can win. And uh, where are you calling in from? Uh, I am currently in uh, Medford, New Jersey. New Jersey, I love that. Love that. Yeah. East Coast link up. It's, it's getting a bit chilly. I can imagine. It's always a little bit chilly on the East Coast, especially compared to the West. But how have you been during this time? What have you been up to? How have you kind of keeping your mind occupied? Uh, well, to be honest, um, this is the most time I've spent at home probably since I was a little kid. Um, I've been here since middle of March. Um, it's been it's been fabulous, to be quite honest. I've actually spent time with my husband, which is very unusual. And we're still going strong, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but no, just been just been hanging out you know, seeing some friends and, and family. Um, I've had a bit of a, a, an injury during this quarantine time. So I've just been kind of getting back into that. 
Um, but life, life is good, you know, just trying to find the positives out of a, a really challenging situation that's going on. Um, but I've been enjoying it. I am also delighted to say that we have a surprise guest joining us, a global singer-songwriter hailing from the Big Apple. In 2015, she released her chart-topping single, Fight Song, taking the world by storm, hitting the top 10 of multiple charts worldwide, even being adopted in a presidential campaign. In September this year, she released Soldiers, an uplifting album for current times, as well as becoming a parent and even writing children's books. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Rachel Platten. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. I mean, what a little bio again there. It's amazing. <laughs> telling you. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm so glad to be with you. Incredible, incredible energy. Where are you calling in from, actually? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Oh, I miss LA. I haven't been I able to go with the whole time of this. I know. It's been a lot. How's lockdown been for you over there, though? Um, it's been interesting. I think I relearned to produce. So that was really exciting. I, I like at first I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people that like needs to be productive during this time. I'm, and I was really encouraging everyone I know, like those people who are doing face masks every day suck. Let's just chill. Let's just be where we're at. Let's meditate. But, if, you know, little did I know, like a month into it, I realized, man, I have the time and I used to have this skill and now I rely on everyone else for it. And I want to relearn how to do this. So that's been incredible to get my production skills back up. And I also have a one-year-old or now almost two-year-old daughter. So that's been really amazing to spend time with her. I would have been on the road so much more. So that's been a really big gift. Yeah, what a blessing. Yeah. I, it was funny, actually, at the start of the lockdown, I actually went back into producing and my 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 house was like living in Ibiza. It was like a nightclub most days because I was making so much dance music. <laughs> back in the, I mean, my neighbors was frigging hating at this point. It's like, who is this guy? <laughs> Luckily for them, I'm moving out soon, so that is good news for them. Oh my god, uh, no, house... me too. Same dance music <laughs> bumping all day. No, no, that's it. That is it. But yeah, this podcast is a lot more about music and football as it is. Um, Carly, you've had to pick your personal playlist of six songs uh, that mean something to you. How difficult was it to pick those six tracks? It was really hard. I mean, there's so many songs out there. Um, uh, you know, for me, I like meaning. I really uh, am kind of a big believer in, you know, quotes and, and things that kind of strike home with me. So it was hard, but it was also somewhat easy to to nail down six songs because it revolved around World Cup and Olympics and, you know, when I was a young girl and, and different timelines in my life. So, um, yeah, I was pretty excited about the ones I picked. How was that journey? Was it an emotional journey to kind of go through all of those moments? I'm guessing you kind of mentally took yourself back to those, a lot of those memories. Oh, I did. Uh, and especially, you know, as you get older, uh, life obviously moves a lot, a lot quicker and, and faster. And so when I'm kind of reminiscing about my time playing club soccer and then high school soccer, college soccer, I'm like, man, to to kind of have that carefree life, it's just you and the ball, your friends, you're having fun. Um, it brought me back to my roots and uh, brought back a lot of memories mm -hmm. that I've had. I think that was honestly the same for me. I just think back to those times of being in the band and it was just so much more chill and everything was just happening around us and life just hit you in the face. Um, but let's get on to your, <laughs> let's get on to your, first, uh, your first track and let's play on. Your first selection is Crash Into Me by the Dave Matthews Band. Uh, what made you pick this one? When I grew up, obviously we had CDs back then and 
Discman. I'm from that Walkman. generation. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Um, so it was really cool to go into stores and buy CDs. And so Dave Matthews was was one of my you know favorite CDs that I had. Um, and crashing to me. I don't know. It's just the, just the tone of it. And, um, I just really liked it. So it was one of my jams that I played, you know, kind of when I was you know younger in my club ball and I just loved it and I had it on repeat and I was just going with it and going with it. And yeah, Dave Matthews was, was kind of my favorite band back in the day. Take us back to those early days, because what was the nineties Carly? Like, I need to know, how did it, that, Make you what feel. was the hair? What was the hair? <laughs> I don't even want to worry about the physical, but I just wanted to know what the, the mentality was like, especially. Oh, well, the hair. I mean, we got to talk about the, the jersey hair, too, with like the, the huge. Yeah. No, I wanted these big bangs, the jersey style bangs where you used like, I think it was aqua hairspray or something. Um, oh, I, I, I didn't quite get the, the bangs the way that I wanted to. But no, my 90s, 90s were fun, man. Music was great. You know, I was a typical tomboy back then. I just was outside playing sports all day long, um, dressing in athletic wear clothes as well. I hated dressing up. I remember my mom on on Sundays, you know, having to drag us to church. And she literally would pick out a dress for me. And, and I think I screamed for the entire morning. I was like, no, <laughs> no dresses. I just wanted to wear my, you know, my little sambas and uh, my tracksuit. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'm reading here one of your quotes. You said, my best friend in the entire world was the ball. Uh, you said that you took the ball everywhere, kind of like Wilson in Castaway, which I love that quote. It's so great. It's very true. Everywhere I went, I brought a soccer ball. And, and back then we had, it was called a soccer pal thing. So it was a net that went around your ball and then it was a, a string and I would literally carry that thing around and just kick it everywhere I went. Um, it, it came everywhere. It came to my aunt's house, my friend's house. I just loved it. There was no other love and passion in my life than that ball. Liam and Rachel, do you have that same love when it comes to music and the microphone and writing down tunes? Because you're both incredible songwriters. Do you know what? For me, I when I was younger, I was actually going to be a cross-country runner. I was on the um, under-18s Olympics list, right? That's what, that was what wow. I was going to do. So for me, I just was going to ask, like, I think it's important for young people to know that it's like, it's okay to find solace in sports in that sense. Because mm. for me, when I was running, it was a nice escape to know that I was going to run the race how I wanted to run it. And it was all based on whether I wanted to hurt myself more than you do. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's how cross country works. I've got yeah. I've got to want to hurt myself okay. more than you, otherwise you're going to win. Um, and you know, for me, that was my one place I think where I found a little bit of peace in life because it was uh, for me. I think life was a bit turbulent at points like that. Um, so I just think for anybody listening, you know, if they, you're in that same sort of position, it's important that you know that. I agree. I didn't. Um, I actually didn't know that I wanted to do this as a career, and I didn't feel like it was a viable career because I grew up also, Carly. I don't know if you knew this. I grew up in Boston, on the East Coast, and certainly being a singer songwriter was not common. Like I didn't know any artists around me. It was like go to graduate school. That's the path that mm. you know. That's what people are applaud or be a lawyer or something. And um, even though I loved writing and I played piano since I was really little, and I loved singing in choirs, I was like an acapella nerd. I didn't think it was something that I could do for a career. 
I played soccer actually. And it's really interesting to hear why I'm not Carly because I <laughs> never took the ball anywhere. <laughs> probably, I also was not very good. I would just like run fast and like be fearless, but I had no ball skills. So well, my piano skills <laughs> did not take a liking either. My mom tried with me and I did not like it. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it just the truth though? It's like for people who, who, who make it in the majority, you know, they're people that stuck at their one given sport and didn't give up no, no matter what. Do you definitely feel that was, that was the way for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of things are forced a little bit more these days. Um, you know, for me, my, my parents knew they were like, okay, mm. this, this girl loves playing soccer. She doesn't complain about going to practice. She practices in the snow. She's outside playing. So it was kind of a, an easy thing for them to say, okay, we need to do whatever we possibly can to set her up with a good foundation. But I'm sure Rachel, you, you felt this as well. I mean, you think it's so far away to reach the top in whatever you're doing. And then you chip away little by little. And eventually it's like, oh, okay, I could be pretty good. I completely feel like I'm not more talented than most people. I actually just outworked a lot of people. And I just, my work ethic is so strong. No one can outwork me. And I am also, I'm a fighter. I will never give up on myself. So that's more my secret to success than I was never like the person that everyone was like, oh, she's going to be a star. Listen to her voice. It was more like I just had the drive and I, I, re I was stubborn about what I wanted to go for. What about you guys? Oh, Rachel, 100%. I have to testament to that. It's just work rate. Like you have to, I've had the dream since I was 14 that I'm going to be a presenter here and I'm going to be in this market and I'm going to cover these events. But more than anything else, as I've seen people come into the industry later or that kind of, let's say, faded away from it at this moment in time, it's just been just the tunnel vision more than anything else. I know every year what mm -hmm. I want to achieve. I know every year what I set myself to do and also that determination to get better. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you, us just speaking now, I mean, about our journeys, it's the same general theme. We're all doing different things, but we've all made it because we've outworked everybody. We've, we've all made it because we've sacrificed, we've wanted it. We've been passionate about it. And, you know, there were so many more talented players that I grew up with playing alongside. And I used to say to myself, man, I'm, I'm never going to be as good as her. And mm. she's really good. And none of them are playing. So there's a general theme of, you know, it, it's not for everybody. This lifestyle is not for everybody. You give up every oh, yeah. ounce of a real life and it's sacrifice, but it, it makes it all worth it. And, uh, you know, for me, I've, I've had to fight just like you all have crawl my way to the top, but it's, there's no greater formula. You know, it's, it's inch by inch. By That's what it little, takes. Inch by, by inch. Little. Yeah. <laughs> little by little, inch by inch. Let's um, let's get on to track two. Your next selection is ne I love. Oh, it's such a big selection. Yeah, I know, I know. Your big your selection was very, very. This big. is my. Oh yeah, this is the track. You just you you just fully went there, and I love that. Um, Nelly's ride with me. Oh, this is a classic. This 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 song just brings me back to my high school days. It was one of my favorite songs uh, for a number of different reasons. But here's where we go back to the past. I was driving at this point, I was the older person in my grade. And so I was driving, um, I was packing people in my car, which probably wasn't the safest thing to do at that time. Um, but I was, you know, driving everybody to school, to soccer. And I used to plug in my little cassette, hook it up through my DVD player, pop the CD in. 
And we would just jam out to the song on repeat all the way to school, <laughs> getting ready for a soccer game. Um, it was just it was just our song. Carly, take me back to those those high school days and, and what it's actually like, because I had a chance to experience that college atmosphere and that high school atmosphere and how serious it is to a whole community and how really you do get like a whole real fan base from early on. Do you think that kind of gave you the tutelage and the knowledge to when you went on to your professional career and all the rest of it? Did it give you the basis for everything that you have now? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what was what was tough, I, I feel like growing up when I grew up is it wasn't necessarily cool to be athletic when I was a younger girl. And when I was a tomboy, you know, the boys were kind of like, uh, who's this chick? Like, you know, she, she thinks she's good at sports. But then as time went on and when I got into high school, you suddenly became so cool. If you played high school soccer or any other sport, they thought you were really cool. And so it kind of gives for me, it, it gave me, you know, added confidence and boosted my confidence a bit. Having played four years of uh, high school soccer, I played three years of basketball as well. And it was fun. You know, you, you have a, a circle of instant friends and, and people that you've kind of gone along the, the journey with throughout the high school time. And there's so many memories. I mean, I, I have so many memories, fond memories of, of all the people that I've played with. The championships we unfortunately lost. We made it to two state finals, didn't win one. But it's... It's part of my my journey, part of my foundation, and um, it was it was great to be a part of that. Rachel, do you look at it exactly the same way in terms of with your catalogue and when you're collaborating and putting all these tunes together? Do you ever look back and think to yourself, "Wow, I can't believe I did that!" Oh my gosh, I put that song together, I wrote that. Is that how you reflect on it, or is it always you're always looking forward? Dude, I look at every misstep and every every no I mean I got rejected by labels so many times it was embarrassing they like knew me I'd come in and they'd be like oh god this girl again and for 15 years I toured around the country in a van carrying my humongous 85 pound piano the same one right here and I sold CDs out of the back of my van and I hustled and I got so many times that I just was like it was ridiculous that I kept going and now when I look back I actually strangely was looking at a journal from 2012 last night and I just read the fire. I could feel the fire coming off of that girl who refused to be told no and who just believed against all odds that in, I don't know if it's my connection with, I call it God, whatever you guys call it, but you know, with a higher power, I just have this, had this deep faith and I still do today that I'm here for a reason and that nothing can shake that. So all of those things had to happen wow. in order to write the songs that I write because they're about struggle and they're about perseverance no matter what. Just hearing Rachel's there go, I mean, you, you went through it 15 years in the, in the van getting through to that point. I mean, mine was, mine was, was, was a lot shorter in that sense. And I was very fortunate to have gotten as far as I did on the talent show that I did at the start. But then I think, in my head, I kind of took everything for granted straight after that. And I spent two years worth of, I mean, I played a lot of gigs that were like really bad gigs, which was really <laughs> helpful because by the time, by the time One Direction had got round to, to playing on the big stage, it was, you know, they opened the door and had 20 million people watching and I'm 16 years old. I'm like, I'm so wow. glad that I played the Sunshine Festival in real to 10 people and realized how bad my life wow. was at that point. Otherwise I would have never have been fine wow. in the good moment, you know? Um, but wow, that's amazing stories. Your next track is a classic. <laughs> Certified classic. Lose Yourself by Eminem. I mean, your playlist is just off the... <laughs> 
Gotta go with Eminem. Why this one? Oh, you know the the rap back when I think we kind of all grew up. Uh, it, I'm I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's oh, yeah. amazing. And kind of have a funny story with the national team. Heather O'Reilly, who uh, played, I remember the 2008 Olympics especially. She she would put this track on, and she would actually rap the lyrics to it. Now I didn't have enough guts to do that in front of everybody because I'm a t- terrible singer. <laughs> uh, but she would she would rap to it, and it's funny because it's it's been one of my staple. Um, has always been on my playlist during a big event and. Eminem, I mean, just what he did, his story, the way he rapped, he's one of my all-time favorites for sure. I mean, Eminem is definitely like my drunken alter ego at times. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if you've kept to any of my press, but I went through a real Eminem like gold chains phase where I like was like convinced I was going to be some sort of R and B superstar. God. Sadly, oh my God, note to self, party uh, with Liam. The funniest thing is, from that era where I was like wearing chains and like rapping, everything was my thing. I still have those. Yeah. <laughs> Carly, it was so interesting hearing you kind of resonate the Eminem and, and mm. the pain and the struggle that's in that song. And, and But you resonating it with something that was a success. Do you know what I mean? Representing your country at the highest level. Why did you kind of correlate the two together, apart from obviously the dressing? Nobody has life figured out. And just when you think you do, I mean, something else kind of comes through and, and you're trying to get through it. So for me, my entire career has just been overcoming all the odds, you know, fighting against the odds. But having those those hard times, those struggles is what makes all the the amazing achievements, winning Olympics, winning World Cups, all worth it. So it's just a reminder to know that it's okay to struggle, it's okay to go through tough times, but there's always sunny days after. Can I give a guilty confession sure. about something? Since we're being so open on this, I still get nervous when I, anytime I go live, anytime I do a live broadcast, <laughs> anything. But I just want to know from everybody, do you still get those nerves? you still get those butterflies inside? I'm the worst. I'm honestly the worst person ever for nerves. It's, and do you know what? When I was younger, I mean, we were going on stage at the nighttime and we were performing to up to, you know, I think the biggest we did was Croke Park, 94,000 people. And I'm like 20, maybe at the time, 21. And I was just like, I don't know what the hell's happened to my life here, but this is weird. Um, So it was a lot to get used to. But then suddenly as I got older, it just got worse. Um, But when you, when the microphone's in your hand, like, okay, backstage, I get it. I'm with you on that too. Backstage, I get nervous. And, but when I finally get on stage and the lights are there and the microphone's there, then do your nerves go away or is it continued throughout the show? Sometimes I think it's gotten worse over time because of the... Thing of public opinion. Oh, I mean, I saw John Mayer say something very interesting uh, recently, and it's like, yeah, I, this is something I definitely do myself, but I have to stop playing for public opinion. So I'm already playing for the Twitter mm. comments. And it's, you know, you can see, and I can see through a lot of artists myself, and you watch them, and they are looking, I hope I do this okay. And it, you're so worried about the world. And it's just, I think fame in part has become a little bit like that at times, that everyone can be so negative at times rather than the way that we just used to embrace people who were in this position or people that were, you know, and enjoy it. And if you were there to enjoy it, you were there to enjoy it. Whereas people actually come along these days to give you, you know? Carly, I'm intrigued as well because you've achieved so much. Like when I was reading your rap sheet, I mean, I've watched your career, your whole career, but like when you actually list it off, do you still get nervous in those moments? Do you still get those butterflies down? I do. And I think people that say they don't get nervous, I think they're they're lying or there's they're not you know, passionate and and in that moment enough, I think for me, it's an indication that I'm ready. I'm ready for the moment. And 
I find that I play my best games when there is not that weight of the world on my mm. shoulders where I, you know, am not trying to, you know, stick it up some people on Twitter mm. or have that pressure on me. It's, you know, I play my best when I'm free, when I'm enjoying the moment, when I'm smiling and when I'm doing everything possible to just help my teammates on the field. And as long as, you know, the hard work, the, the, the work ethic that I bring each and every game, the rest will fall into place because the preparation has been done and you just kind of have to let instincts kick in, but it's, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and say, I've done that every single game. Mm. I mean, every game has been different and, there's different pressures and whatnot, but... Uh, what about the first Olympics? Sometimes I watch the Olympics and I'm like, how are they dealing with this pressure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I only sang there and I literally felt like the worst pressure in the world ever on oh that bloody truck. But how, how would you do you feel? I was going to say, you know, the song Lose Yourself. When was the one moment you think throughout your whole career where you really lost yourself in the game? Whoa. And just was in the moment? Just was in that moment. Good question. Uh, probably, I mean, 2015 World Cup final, I was just in another world, you know, I, w I was in a, in another world, but yet almost just on the field playing with, with my friends in the park, you know, Love the, it. the biggest, the biggest, most pressure situation in that 2015 World Cup final, but it's, it was as if I felt no pressure, if that makes sense. And that's being in the moment. Wow. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. That was unreal. Yeah, that was Me unreal. Too. <laughs> yeah. That was unreal. Talking more about the Olympics brings us into your next track, actually. Every Teardrop is a Waterfall by Coldplay. Great song again. Gotta love Coldplay. They're one of my, my favorites. Um, no, but, you know, this this song for me, it's it's not anything really in particular about the words or whatnot. I just... I just remember always having it kind of on my tracks because it just it put me in a good mood, pumped me up, got me going. And it's just one of those songs that just kind of stuck with me. Please tell us what it's like to be at the Olympic Games. I need to understand from the athletes village, the constant media, the different communications, the different languages, different cultures around you. What is that environment like? It's interesting because as a soccer player who's in the Olympics, we are actually not in the Olympic village. Oh. Uh, we don't get there usually until the final. Wow. So we're, it's almost as if we're playing our own little tournament. You know, we're out, we're traveling from venue to venue. If we are winning and we get to the final, then we get to go to the Olympic village. So obviously you were staying away from the uh, the athletes' village, but did you manage to meet any of the other famous athletes? I mean, you don't really seem like the type of person that gets starstruck very yeah, often. Yeah, I you know it's it's no disrespect to people, but I I sometimes like when I'm with my friends, they're like, "Hey, do you know who that is?" I'm like, "No, but cool." <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I'm just not. Uh, I'm just. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like that. You know, I like to. I like to You're meet the chill. person. You, you, you know, I feel like you could be a poker player. Maybe get my glasses on and stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do. I get starstruck. I mean, I was on stage with Messi and, you know, I, I played it cool. But to have met Messi, I've met Maradona. Um, I've met some some wow. really big time um, soccer stars. But then, you know, someone like Rachel getting to meet her, <laughs> which I thought was really Cute. cool. Um I care more about yeah. like how the person is, 100%. I guess, if that makes sense, yeah. versus just saying, you know oh, I met this person. I took a picture with him. 
You've just reminded me of a real funny time for, for me. When we were on tour, we used to get invited to go down to, to some football stadiums we played at Newcastle. And one time we got invited to play down at Real Madrid. And we ended up taking free wow. kicks with Ronaldo. No way. And obviously he's like, oh, stand in the wall. I'll take free kicks with you. So he's taking these free kicks. And they're like, the first one he hit... It hit the bar, hit the floor, hit the bar and went in and I thought, you're just the best person ever. Then he stood in the wall and was like, you take free kicks at me. And I'm like, mate, <laughs> I'm not kicking a football anywhere near your face. Rachel, have you had moments where you've been starstruck as well? Oh my God, all the time. I am not cool. I like every red carpet. I'm always like the biggest nerd looking around and they're, they're like, Rachel, focus here. And I'm like, but Quinn Stefani's right next to me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, get, I get nervous all the time. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's an element of you're still enjoying this moment and this process that you're in. I mean, Liam, yeah. what do you think? You're like, We got an award given to us by an Avenger once and I couldn't get past the fact that he was an Avenger. But I felt really bad because he, like, I was like treating him like he was an actual superhero. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, yeah, it's probably not my finest hour ever. you got to dive into the story. I need to hear this yeah, Avenger story. We're skating the surface and we... <laughs> I can't even go into it. It's, it's you know, one of those stories. <laughs> that haunt you in your sleep so he gave us the order as we walked off i just kept going to him oh my god but you're an avenger and that's all i kept saying to him and i felt so bloody stupid the next morning when i woke up and was like you need to take a long hard look at yourself in the mirror and stop insulting other avengers um see the thing is i've only ever had one moment like that like i grew up a massive wrestling fan so in my household like it was boys and my friends would come over so we would all play wrestling and batista was my favorite wrestler like no two ways about it so when i had the opportunity to interview him i think he was a bit taken aback when i said to him at the end of the interview can you put me in a headlock you know one of those awkward where he takes a a stance like did you just say that and i was like no no for real like i mean can you put me in a headlock but did he fully commit to the headlock did he, oh like, no 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 five step it went in he was like he wanted you liam. to know this arm could uh. liam if you see the size of dave batista he didn't need to fully commit to the headlock i still felt enough <laughs> of the presence to understand that he, he's a real guy real real guy i mean this is why i love this podcast because we've gone from everything from god to headlocks to all sorts of things you know <laughs> have, what, what have, more I, can we I, get into i have a question though have you all had one person in your life that you've wanted to meet I don't know, chat with, get a photo. Has there been that one person? Oh. Uh, one person. No, I think I've been actually fairly lucky to meet a lot of my uh, people who I would consider heroes. If I'm thinking of anyone, probably Brad Pitt. I'd love oh. to meet Brad Pitt. He seems like such an interesting fellow. We would all love to meet Brad Pitt with you. Not for some reasons, <laughs> though, right? <laughs> They're smart no, teams. Smart. I, like I, think I, I think I'd get a little starstruck yeah. on yeah. that one. I want to meet Oprah really badly. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Good one. That's a good one. I want to be interviewed by Oprah. Her interviews are so, I think I need a little, I need to do a little bit more in my career first. <laughs> I think if I was going to say anybody, I think I would say Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Only because the I, would, I can see I could make some sort of cheesy J to J joke off the bat. And he would give one of those awkward like. He'd love it. Ha 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 ha. He'd love it. <laughs> but yeah, see, ha ha, yeah, cool. He'd love it. <laughs> no, but listen, I've got a funny story about this again. I was once at a VMA after party with where he and P Diddy were. And I'd met him once before at Justin Bieber's concert. And I went back over to say hello. And I didn't think Jay-Z would remember me, not for a, for a millisecond. I'm thinking I'm going, every time feels like the first time sort of scenario. And I went over and said hello. <laughs> and I leant in to say something to him, but I leant in a little too close. And he had this big security guard oh called God. Cornelius. And I, when I say I went to the other oh side of the room when Cornelius God. hit me, I did. He hit you? I did. <gasps> oh, he just like, he just like, it, you know, he, 
He just nudged me out the way politely and says, young man, get on your way. And I did after that. I mean, not to mention um, the, the thing that happened before that was shaking P. Diddy's hand and him, like, not wanting to give me my hand oh my back. And just going, ha, 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 ha. awkward, oh my God. like, slow Dr. Evil laugh. So I, what, my advice to you is maybe don't get too close when you do drop the J to JJ. Okay, yeah, cool. Noted. All noted. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, your next song, which is the big one, mm. big one off this playlist. Oh, the best this is important. One. I mean, we've got her here with us today. Fight um, song by Rachel Platten. What a song! What a song! I think we could take a step back at this point, Liam, and just <laughs> let them go. I mean, <laughs> just talk us through it, guys. So, 2015 World Cup. I'll set the stage. We hadn't won a World Cup in 16 years. It was in Canada. Our stadiums were packed with American fans. It was as if we were playing at home. And, you know, the way that I started my World Cup off from an individual standpoint was not the best, I think, even from our team standpoint as well. So from start to finish, it ended completely different. But Rachel's song, Fight Song, was a song that I had on every single ride over to a game. It just struck home for me because it was just, a, you know, it was about fighting. It was, it was my journey up to that point. You know, it was an uphill battle. I had to crawl my way to the top. And that song just was the last song I would listen to before I'd enter the stadium. And, uh, and then it was just so cool that after the World Cup, we met. And it was just, I don't know, it was weird. Like I said before, people come into your life at different points and um yeah your song kept me going 2015 world cup so thank you for that thank you that is amazing isn't it i mean this must have been such a big moment uh for you rachel i mean how did that feel i mean has it gotten to the point yet where you're sick of hearing this song because what makes you beautiful i definitely got to that (laughs) um first of all thank you so much for that and i'm so great i'm so grateful that you had that experience with that song and that it lent at all to the, you know, your prowess and talent and hard work. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm not sick of it. I was sick of it. I think like after, <laughs> you know, 2017, I was like, I'm not just fight song. I have other songs. <gasps> um, and that was frustrating, but now I'm back at the point where I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful. I'm looking at the house that I was able to buy for my family and, the, you know, all the things I'm able to get my daughter because of this massive song that sometimes it's okay that people think Kelly Carpenter sang it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. They're like, wait. Really? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. No, totally. I'm, I was uh, playing, I got to play like arenas this summer and that was beautiful. And, and or, last, sorry, last summer. And I would joke like because I was opening and I'd be like, all right, guys, like this next song, I bet you're going to be like, oh, I thought Kelly's on the to sing that. Like, Who's this bitch up here? And, and, and people were like sometimes like, oh, man, I did. But I think like I don't mean to put myself down like that. I have a tendency to do that. I shouldn't. But I'm proud of it. And, I'm, and I wrote it in a really hard time when I needed to remember that. And I wrote it by myself over two years. And it was a struggle, uh, you know, in itself creating it. And I produced the first version of it. And so it was a true labor of love at a time when no one else believed in me. And the fact that it's inspired you is so cool. So yes, I'm grateful. Oh, that's cool. Do you feel that as well, Carly? Because that was almost, uh, you you spoke about earlier, that being one of the pinnacles of your career. Now you're hearing the process that went into creating that song that you're attaching to those moments. How does that make you feel now that you can put the two dynamics together? Well, that's cool. I think it resonates even more. Um, I didn't really know that about the song. And 
you know, for me, uh, you know, right before the World Cup final, there was this, you know, an article that had come out that I was like the weirdest, most accomplished or athlete of, of time. And, and people didn't understand like how I was good. And, you know, that, that fired me up a little bit right before the, the, the world cup final, but I'm, I'm kind of just like, man, like people are cruel. And, um, Mm. I had looked at the 2015. So I started my career in 2005 all the way up to 2015. Like I said, there were peaks and valleys throughout, but to have won a world cup with my teammates. And then from an individual standpoint, to, to do what I did. It was like the, it encapsulated the whole journey. It was, it was more than just that game, that world cup, that feeling, you know, it was, it was everything. It was training on holidays. It was giving up any normal ounce of, of life with friends, with family and all of that. So yeah, like Rachel, it was a bigger picture in in an unbelievable moment, which is cool. Let's go on to your last song, the last song on your playlist. And I love this song, right? One of my friends, uh, my friends wrote this song. And it's funny because the title of the song is Happier by Marshmallow. And it's a very bittersweet song, actually, because the title of it's Happier, but what the song and the sentiment of the song is actually so, so different. Uh, Why did you pick this one? You know, I listened to the song and it makes me happier. It just kind of puts me in that mood. And for, for me, the 2019 World Cup, and I'm just talking from a personal standpoint, was one of my most challenging uh, major tournaments I've ever been a part of for a number of different reasons. I had come back from injury after uh, an ankle injury in 2017. And from that point on, I felt like I had been written off from the coaching staff. And I felt like I, no matter what I did, no matter how good I was playing, I was never going to get a fair shot at earning a starting spot. So, you know, imagine, you know, I'm going to practice every day, I'm playing in games, and no matter what I do, it's it's never going to change. They had already had their minds set on it. And so I went through, you know, several years faced with that and then getting to the 2019 World Cup, and I'm not a starter, and I had to you know, find some sort of happiness. You know, I, I had to get through it. I had to be there for my teammates. I was, you know, the best teammate that I could be. I supported everybody. I supported the coach's decisions. I didn't necessarily, um, you know, agree with the decision, but I made sure that throughout that world cup that I was taking less pressure off myself and, and just really trying to embrace the moment and enjoy the moment. And, and this song, again, this was one song I just kind of listened to on the way to the stadium just to kind of get me feeling a little lightheartedness and um, yeah. And, and got through it. I've always loved songs like this because the, the soundtrack of the song is so happy, but the oxymoron of it is that the lyrics are actually very sad. And I think, you know, one of my favorite artists, John Mayer, I think he's really great at doing this. But, I, you know, that's what this song really is about. It's about letting go. I want you to be happier, you know. And I think it's a, it's a real moment for everyone in life when you just finally let go, you know, through whatever hard time or hardship that you've been through. How did you balance that, Carly, like in that moment? Because you see the resume. We could sit here and like I said, we could list your achievements all day long. You you know, I can hear the inner athlete, the competitive side of you that wants to come out in every moment. You want to start. You've been a starter your whole career. So how did you balance being in those moments? You're used to being the star in those moments and you're someone telling you the complete opposite. Great question. It, it was hard. Like I said, I, you know, I, I did a podcast um, 
after the World Cup and um, with Julie Foudy and, and I was open and honest and I just said it was one of the, the worst times in my career. Now, people took it as far as, you know, oh, well, if that's the worst thing in, in your life, I never said life, first of all, I said career. Mm. Um, well, then, you know, basically putting me down because I said that. But I'm sorry. In all honesty, it was, you know, and, and that was my humbling experience to say that it was the worst, probably the one of the worst major events in my career, but it also made me the strongest. And so being there every day, knowing that my role, you know, I'll play a little bit, which I'm grateful for that I did, but my role, I'm not going to be a starter. I got one start. I scored a couple of goals, played the whole game. And the the next set of games, I was, you know, I went in for 10 minutes and I had to close out the game, but that was my role. So my goal throughout that World Cup was to do everything possible to have no regret when I when I finish that tournament with my team. Mm. And I have no regret. I'm just looking on, on my little fact sheet here and it says, is it true that you're interested in being a kicker for an NFL team? Oh, we've gone into agent mode. We've gone into agent yeah. mode. Who are we calling? <laughs> Which franchise do we need to call? Uh, I'm not ruling it out. You know, I, I always love a challenge. Um, wow, I love we, that. We will see. Uh, right wow. now I'm kicking, still kicking soccer balls. So a football will will happen. But you're so you cool, Carly. That would be the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I'll literally write you a new fight song for it if you do it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> We got a deal. I think we just got a collab. I think we just had a collab right there. It's the first of the season. I love it. Oh, that's That'll so, work. so cool. Um, honestly, guys, you've been amazing uh, guests. This has been a really, really beautiful, insightful, lovely, positive podcast again. So thank you so much, both of you. Uh, I have to for ask. Us. Wait, wait. Go for I have man. to ask one more. I have to ask one more before we leave because we've got two superstars here who have connected and used each other's talents to to uplift each other. So everyone that's listening will want to know from both of you: What's your twenty twenty ones looking like? What do you still want to achieve, and what do you want to do? I'll let you take it first, Carly. <laughs> That's a big, big question. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to do, by the way. So <laughs> I, I let her go first because I don't either. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, uh, this year this year for me has been one of the most challenging years uh, from a personal standpoint, and not, and not just because of this pandemic, but it's been very eye-opening. You know, I, I had a, a bit of a falling out with my family for the last 12 years, and they're now back in my life, um, which is truly special. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, you know, to just be able to continue to build memories together is, is good. I've got a little left in my career to go. I'm not done yet. So for me, it's, it's preparation, uh, to want to compete in another Olympics, make the roster next summer. That's my goal. Win gold with my teammates, that would be, you know, a, a huge goal. And then, I don't know. I don't know after that, you know, maybe the next chapter, I want to start a family. My, my husband and I want to start a family. So my clock's ticking a little bit on that, but no, you know, my, my, my motto every day is to just be better every day mm. in, in whatever that may be, you know, yeah. as a wife, as a friend, as a sibling, as a soccer player, every single day is an opportunity to wake up and be better. And, uh, that's, that's what I strive for. I am kidding. I actually really do know what I want. Um, no, but I have, feel like, you know, I'm creating the album of my life right now. I'm writing music that I am incredibly proud of. Big, 
beautiful, like inspirational ballads like I used to. And I was a little kind of didn't want that mantle for a while. I didn't want to be like the inspirational queen. I wanted to be cool and like go to cool festivals and be invited to things like that. But now after becoming a mother and realizing listening to stories like from Carly and listening to what an incredible gift it is to be able to inspire someone with a song when I'm writing from the depths of my heart and it reaches someone else's heart. So I kind of feel like I picked up that, at least I'm I'm putting it out there. I want that crown again. I would love to be able to write songs like that again. I believe that I am. And I think I have a really big album coming soon. So um, that's where I'm at. And also learning how to be, just like Carly said, learning how to be, you know, a better person, a better mother, a better wife, and just doing a lot of work on myself. And yeah, trying to- That's awesome. Affirmations, incredible affirmations. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, guys. I think I really need to get my my 2021 plans in order. (laughs) I'm a terrible planner. (laughs) Liam, I've got your back. Don't worry, man. I know. I know you've got my back and and my back feels so much better for it. Uh, beautiful man honestly you guys have been awesome thank you so so much i'm sure everyone listening uh has really really loved hearing hearing both your stories and uh we all feel a bit brighter today now because of it thank you thanks guys absolute pleasure thank you it was, so it much. was great to chat with you guys absolute appreciation no worries jd every week we do these i'm just becoming more po- i feel like i started off the season as the most salty man ever i'm just becoming more positive my affirmations are there I'm learning from you all. <laughs> Liam, it's just, it's just enjoyable just to, to listen to their stories and mm. to their journeys. Honestly, more than anything else, it's, it's incredible how Rachel's vision inspired something from Carly and they've both done it on oh. such a huge scale and how it's combined. That's just the truth of like, you put your mind to something, anything can happen. So many things. And I, well, you know, I don't think we realise as musicians sometimes how much we're adding to those moments. You know, as I said before on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, you guys have already made the moments. We just make the background music and that's the point. And it's just more, the more I listen to people and, and in these sports scenarios, and it, it's amazing, honestly. I love it. Um, but thank you very much, mate. You've been beautiful as always. Man, it's a pleasure, man. Look, I can't wait to catch up with you soon. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I know we're feeling a lot more positive about life now after that. Please give us a like, a share or review on whatever platform you're listening on. To hear Carly's epic playlist, hit the link below. And finally, check out FIFA's social feeds for an exclusive play on content and teasers for future guests. Wherever you are in the world right now, I hope you're well and keeping safe. Until next time, thank you for listening.